Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Food bloggers, hey, the new Eat Blog Talk community platform is on its way to you very soon. And I'm talking like August soon. And I cannot wait to open the doors for you to come see the space we're setting up inside for you. One of my favorite things about the platform are the challenges we are setting up where you will be presented with different challenges, weekly challenges, biweekly challenges in order to work through and grow different aspects of your business. This is a great way to stay on track and to stay relevant, which is why we're making it a pillar feature within the community. Join the waitlist to get the details and discounts so you can start feeling more connected and more confident. Visit eatblogtalk.com forward slash launch to get all the details. What's up, food bloggers? Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast made for seeking connection and value. Today, I will be chatting with Jenna from littlerustedladle.com, and we are going to chat about food photography. Jenna is a lifestyle and food photographer in the Midwest and the creative behind the acclaimed food blog, Little Rusted Ladle, a collection of recipes, personal interest narratives, food photography tips, and personal musings. Her work has been featured in Taste of Home, Coles, Martha Stewart, and more. Jenna's ultimate goal is to tell a story within the food, to capture a feeling, to enjoy time and time again. Jenna is fulfilled by capturing a tale to accompany a recipe or ingredient and brings out the heart of her work. Like photo essays, they not only capture the story within a still life recipe, but also celebrate farmers that grow it, chefs and home cooks that prepare it, the communities that celebrate it, and the moments of friends and family around the table to experience it. Oh, that was beautiful, Jenna. I love how <laughs> how you wrote that. Oh, and just you. thank you for being here today. I'm really excited for our chat about food photography. But first, give us a quick fun fact about yourself. Sure. Um, I'm really excited about this year because I purchased a dairy farm that was previously owned by my dad. So growing up, he had two two farms, one for dairy cows and the other kind of held heifers that weren't quite ready to be milked. But anyway, he no longer has cows. And so I bought the farm that I'm going to be renovating into a photo studio and a farmhouse along with it. That's so cool. I bet you have just like all these visions for it. I love old rustic places like that for photography. I bet you're just going nuts over that. Oh, I am. And especially because it has so many ties to my childhood and so many memories already encapsulated in it. So it's just, um, yeah, a total dream come true. Like I, growing up, I thought about buying it. So here we are. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. I love that. How exciting. Yeah, thank you. Well, I love your story, Jenna. You shared a little bit with me over email and you gave me some audio to listen to. And I just loved your journey and listening through it. So I would love it if you started out by talking not just how your food blogging career began and your food photography, but just how your creative journey has evolved because you started out not really knowing how things would kind of unfold. And I think a lot of us are in that same boat. We experience that same thing. So talk us through your journey. We would love to hear it. Yeah, thank you for asking. So I 
at, right after high school, I went to art school. I majored in painting, studio art for painting, and then I minored in photography. So I truly value the whole education I've been given. But within being a studio student, there wasn't a lot of talk about what was next as far as what you could do to actually make money that wasn't a full-time artist and and like submitting to galleries like that was the training we were taught which makes sense but all I knew was I I love to create art so that's really what I focused on and then I remember sitting in class I was in a photography class with another design student and from what I believe I, f- I feel like their um their training to what's next is a little different than ours as art students but I overheard her talking about an internship that she had gotten and I I was I had to take a step back. I was like, "What?" And she's like, "Yeah, I got an internship at Crate and Barrel for photography in Chicago." And I was like, "Oh my gosh. Like I had no idea <laughs> that they had like internships for creative people. Like like us. Like I thought they were only for business people and you know, I just like it wasn't a conversation at all in my school. So I had no idea it existed. And I think that's amazing because you don't really know what's out there until you kind of get around people that are kind of interested in similar things. And, you know, you just have to start networking, really. So anyway, she she told me about her internship. And I immediately that night, I like searched the Internet for like anything close to me that would be something similar, like what are what studios (laughs) have an internship? So I found one. (laughs) I found one in Milwaukee for Reader's Digest and they owned Taste of Home at the time. And so first I applied and then I immediately started working on my portfolio, like really diving into food photography. And it was awesome because like, like my aunts were really excited for me too. And like, they helped me like, (laughs) they did like the cooking and the food styling while I shot. It was like really fun. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so that was a fun experience. And then, um, so yeah, I got to the interview. I was totally prepared and it went amazing. Like I stepped into the room and I saw everyone working and all the creatives and like I just had that feeling of like this is amazing. I can do this. I will do this. Like this is something that like like what they were creating in that studio was it was art. You know, I was just like blown away that you could actually like make money commercially, but also doing art and like portfolio pieces, like what the imagery they were making was beautiful. And food as a subject um, blew me away as well. Like the experience of being in the photo studio was so amazing because I didn't realize either at the time that there are so many people involved. There are not only the photographer, but set stylists. That one was like eye-opening to me because I always thought the photographer did everything kind of so (laughs) or you know in my experience um right and and a lot of us as bloggers and and everything I know we tackle a lot of that ourselves so like that was so eye-opening so there's photographers set stylists art directors creative directors editors like you can just imagine like the creative energy in that room and the working kitchen is just awesome there were like four four stations of food stylist set up and four bays of studios, um, studio areas. So everyone had, you know, their way of working. And it was um, the most incredible experience to be a part of that team and to help them, you know, just kind of learn from them and and assist them and 
like anticipate what they're going to need. Like learning from people who came before you is invaluable. So definitely if you ever get the chance to assist anyone, whether it's for photography or set styling or food styling, like I highly encourage you to do it because it'll change your life. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And there's something that you mentioned outside of this interview that just really struck me. You were talking about if you ever get the chance to be a wedding photographer, do it. And I agree. I did wedding photography for a stint. And I mean, it was like so much work, but there's so much that I learned from it. I mean, and it carries over, right? Like just the things you learn from people and and even like starting out as an assistant or just like you said, like learning from those people who come before you, there's nothing like it. It is so incredibly valuable. Yeah, it'll grow your business so much faster than trying to learn it on your own. So don't don't ever feel too proud for it. Even like it's everybody does something different and you're going to pick up, you know, tips just to escalate your business. So I love to talk about this because in the commercial world, it is super frowned upon to be a wedding photographer and uh, like a product photographer or food photographer. Like it's just you don't mix the two. But I think that doing both has really helped me to stand out in my business. And I think it can help everyone uh, because of these things. I think that there's no other, well, I shouldn't say there's no other, but working under the pressure of of a wedding, it's, it's mm. tremendously, yeah. So the pressure, first <laughs> of all, like you will, you will be able to like handle any situation after these. Like if you can so handle, true. yeah, if you can handle a wedding and like do so many that you feel so confident, like nothing's going to stop you going forward. The pressure of that alone will just take off any nerves for any commercial client you ever have. So for any plate of food. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Well, and even like working with clients, like, you know how yeah. you'll know how to handle clients because there's, is there any client harder to deal with than a bride? I don't know. <laughs> no. And, or the bride's parents, the bride's parents, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. But the people involved in a wedding, like it's so important to them. So you're delivering something that means so much to them. So the pressure that's involved with that and the communication that's involved with that, that's going to prepare you for business and working under pressure, working fast under pressure, and also being able to pivot. Like you also have to obviously be skilled at photographing people and the details. And that's going to help you. Like if you want to introduce lifestyle to your food photography, like that's my specialty. And that I love doing that. So like, and, and I'm able to work quickly with clients to, you know, see composition quickly because of my background, my trained eye from being in art school. And then also having, having been under so much situations that held a lot of pressure in working quickly and being able to pivot in different situations because a lot happens during the wedding. And then also being able to tell a story because yeah, weddings are all about telling a story and capturing emotion. And if you can bring that into your food photography, you are going to shine. I absolutely love everything you said. There's so much truth there. Like the story, the photos that we see that tell stories, like your, I was looking through your website and every single photo I looked at was like, yep, there's a story there. I mean, for sure. You've got that nailed. It just makes the photograph sing. And if you are able to do that in a lifestyle setting, like a wedding, 
It's so much easier to translate over to food, don't you think? Like if you've got it down in one area, you can nail it in any area. Yes, I agree. There's obvious like different, you know, skill sets involved with food photography if you have to be very still and and all that. But like it's going to elevate your work because if you're just doing food photography right now, you're probably not thinking about all those other aspects. So I encourage you to go photograph some weddings. (laughs) Yeah, even if it's just, I mean, that's like really putting yourself out there because I remember before I started doing weddings, I in my mind, I was like, no way. There is no way in the world that I am going to ever, because you just think of all that pressure, the brides and the like, oh my gosh. But I did it and I'm so glad, but I can see people listening being like, no way, like what I was saying back then. <laughs> but I really think like even if you're just an assistant and you still kind of carry some of that pressure just for a couple weddings, I think that would be really awesome for people to experience that. Yeah. That way you don't have to open a whole business in, or, you know, yeah. <laughs> right. That would, yeah, assisting <laughs> is definitely a great way to go because also then you're going to be learning from others on how to set up lights quickly or what they look for exactly. when they're, yeah, that's going to be great. Yeah. Do you have any other tips for being a better photographer, just kind of in general? I know like that's probably a really far out there tip that probably not people will, not many people will take you up on, but they should. But what other tips do you have for just kind of making your photography skills better? Sure. Um, I'm a big believer in practice, like test out your ideas constantly and you'll start to develop your own style. and understand what it is that you love about food photography. And then from there, like just keep pushing that forward because when you do that, you'll start to attract the clients that like your work. And then you'll be creating work that the client loves and you'll end up loving your clients. So I strongly believe that, um, develop your style. Like I know that's, that's going to take a long process. That's not easy. That, that develops over years. But once you figure that out, push forward with that because that's, what's going to set you apart. Because when you're creating the work that you know, you love to make, others are going to see that and they're going to, you're going to attract the type of clients that you want. So I'm a, I'm a huge believer in that. Um, so definitely test out when you're in the beginning or even, you know what, every year, every year of your life, test out different lighting skills, network with people. I think this is huge. This is also something that I feel very strongly about because of my background. So being in a studio and then other studios like Kohl's, you mentioned, like Kohl's is one of the the biggest photo studios in the nation, I believe. So um, like one time they can have like 30 to 40 photographers and then also have stylists and, and all sorts of creatives. So when I was there, I really took advantage of talking to everyone, especially when I was assisting, I could walk around and talk to everyone. I just, I loved getting feedback on like why they were doing the things that they were doing, try to anticipating their needs to help assist them better. Like just be like the best assistant you can be. And people will open up to you and start to tell you like their journey and you start to learn from that. So when I, so this ties into the practicing a lot. So um, we call this testing or sample work. So I would on like the weeknights be creating work and the next morning I would go in and and um because I had this relationship with the other photographers and stylists and art directors I asked them to review my work all the time and critique it and you know there's nothing more valuable than that like like the top 
industry people like telling you how you can improve. And then they see you also as they're not just seeing you as an assistant, they're seeing you as someone with motivation and skills, right? So they then they see your work. So that's a huge part. Like if you do start assisting and you want to move up, talk to people about your work because it's really hard to make that jump because they'll only see you as an assistant unless you show them otherwise. So if you're, you know, if you want to get into food photography, or this is, this goes for any, you know, any studio. So yeah, definitely don't be shy about putting your work out there and taking their criticism. You have to, you do have to develop a thick skin, right? So, um, and as artists, it can be hard because you're very attached to your work and it's very personal. So just put yourself out there and do it because it's going to help you grow. That's great stuff. So you were talking like mainly about like studio type work and you're speaking to food bloggers, but there are food bloggers who are interested in branching out, especially now when diversifying is kind of a big thing. How do you recommend food bloggers do that? Like how would they go about finding a kind of second, not second job, but like a another path for them let's say they did want to go work for Kohl's or somebody else how would they go about looking for that okay so in my experience for me it was a lot of word of mouth so I got you know I I just heard that one person say I got an internship right and then I and I was like hey how did you do that well in her experience actually she knew her like her parents were friends with someone at the studio so like it was a connection there uh for me I I googled it (laughs) And definitely like, you know, I bet you'd be really surprised about what kind of businesses are around you already. So after I got the internship, you know, I talked to so many people and then they, you know, and I heard their stories and where they were, they had worked in the past and Kohl's was one of them. And that's how I got moved to Kohl's. And then from there, there's lots of other studios that people, because as freelancers, everyone's working everywhere that like is in the area. So maybe that'll help a little bit, but you do have to get your foot in the door somewhere. So it, I mean, it will start with maybe, is there anyone, you know, otherwise just finding people on LinkedIn. Like if you know that there's a studio near you, go on LinkedIn and and just start messaging people, you know, and, and do it professionally. Don't um, like, you do want to make sure you're presenting yourself very professionally because they probably get a lot of emails a day. So what I would do is reach out to them Make sure that you lead with some connection you have with the company because that's going to tell them, hey, that like they have a personal connection, like lead with a compliment and like any connection you can think of. And then from there, move into what I would love to do is, um, you know, can I shadow you? Could I or shadow at the studio or um, come in for an interview, depending on what you want to do, depending on how you want to get that foot in the door, but definitely like coming in for an interview or seeing if there's a need for either more assistance or, I mean, it depends on what what your skill level is too. Like definitely if you feel qualified, like don't, don't start with assisting, say like, do you have a need for a second shooter? Do you have a need for a food stylist? But definitely have that experience if you're, if you're presenting yourself in that way, because you don't want to put yourself in a situation where where you can't deliver because then they'll, they'll never talk to you again. So, um, <laughs> you know, definitely undersell and over deliver. Um, so yeah. Does that kind of answer the question? Yeah, um, it does. Okay. Yeah. And I think like things have evolved so much in the, in the past few years, like it didn't used to be okay to message on social media, but now it is as long as you're 
you know, like representing your brand well and being respectful, being professional. I think you use that word. So yeah, I think that's good for people to hear. Now, what about restaurants? Have you ever worked for restaurants doing food photography or anything similar? Yeah. And actually I, I really enjoy it. And I just, I hadn't started with that. Um, but it turns out one of like a dear client of mine is this is actually the first client I got when I started my blog. So this goes into you creating the work that you love and then attracting the clients you want. So starting my blog, I was fortunate enough to get hired by a company that makes dog food. And this is a family run business. So they were really drawn to the fact that I was using antique props and that my work told stories and that it was just more it was more than just a product shot. So they've been a client of mine for years. And just this past year, they they branched out and opened a restaurant. And because they're so um they're so invested in like the aesthetics of their brand, like everything in that restaurant was beautiful and amazing. So it, like when we went in there, we picked out different locations around the restaurant to utilize like their cream city brick walls and their their copper bar top and then some rustic window sills like we went all over the <laughs> we like photographed all over the place and like um gosh I just I'm so in love with the work that we did so a lot of it showed atmosphere and so I encourage you if you do shoot for restaurants like find out what's unique about that restaurant and highlight it because the clients are going to love you for that because they're investing so much in their story in their brand and if you can deliver that in a way that's not only showing the food, but showing the experience someone's going to get when they walk in the door. Like you can deliver that, the clients will love it. Yeah. It's like, it's speaking their language. It's like right in their home. I love that you just saw that too. And you're like, okay, we need to do this here. This is you. This is your message. And they probably absolutely love you for that. So what is your, like, how do you get into a restaurant? Is it the same way? Do you find them on social media, email? What is a good way to start photographing for a restaurant? Well, I would, um, if it's near to you, like I would actually go to the restaurant a couple times first so that you have that personal connection with, with them and know the ambiance and the feeling that they're trying to portray, like get to know the brand, get to know the food. And then I would find... I don't know about the owner, but maybe um, either the owner or a manager, find out who that is and either email them or if they're at the restaurant, like walk up to them and just start talking to them. Like the worst thing that's going to happen is they say, no, we're not interested or no, we can't afford this at this time, but it opens up a conversation. So you can, so even if they can't afford it at that time, like just make sure to tell your value and like what you can deliver and why that's important and let them know that in the future, if they are interested to reach out to you or, you know, leave a business card and, and stay active. Like I, I found like if you're staying active with brands that you want to work for, like show them, not only email them, but also like interact with them on Facebook or Instagram and met, like show that you're invested. Yeah, it's kind of the, along the same lines of just wanting to work with brands and doing sponsored work. People always say this, like, really show that you love their product, show them that you are there, that you love them. And that is going to ring for them. I think it's going to speak volumes. So the same thing. And in person, there's nothing better than in person, right? Like if you're there in a restaurant, why not? I mean, 
like you said, Jenna, you've got nothing to lose. I mean, if anything, you're showing your face, you're showing that you really love them, and then you'll visually be in their minds so that if it comes up again, you're going to be there. I think that's great advice. Okay, so I wanted to ask you about this line you said in, um, you sent me a little audio clip yesterday and I listened to it and you said this line that just stuck with me. I think it's so valuable for us to hear and especially for food bloggers. And it's just about like when you're surrounded by amazing people, you will naturally be elevated. We've touched on this a little bit, but can you talk more about that? Because I just love that concept. Like if you surround yourself with crappy negative people, of course you're going to sink. But when you're around these amazing, smart, inspiring, encouraging people, that is only going to benefit you. So I want to hear your words on that. Mm -hmm, Definitely. So I, gosh, I love this concept so much because I think it evolved for me naturally and I didn't realize it was happening. Right. So like I got into the studio, I was surrounded by creative people and that was my life for like the 10 years I was living in Milwaukee. And since then I moved to my hometown or back to my hometown in Auburndale, Wisconsin. And then I kind of like, I missed that element a little bit. Right. I mean, I was continuing to work on myself, on my blog, but I knew that I had to create that community like some other way because it's so important. So I started networking more socially on Instagram and, um, well, I guess mostly Instagram, but also like going to retreats and like getting to know people like has been amazing. And what I found too, is that when you're genuine and you reach out to people, people can be giving, right? Like it's, everyone's a person, right? So just reach out to them, tell them what you love about their work, maybe a personal connection, like your journey has helped influence my work. And this is why, and like, even speak about one picture in particular, like I would definitely do that. And I have done that actually. Um, so this July 7th through the 15th, I'm hosting a summit. I'm talking with 28 people in the food photography industry. So I did this exact same thing and I couldn't believe how willing people were to tell me their stories and to feel connected as well. So I'm just blown away by, um, by what we can do now just online, right? Because everything else I had done was pretty much in person. And the community online can be just as valuable, if not more, because I now I'm speaking with mostly food photographers, whereas before it was, well, at Taste of Home, it was all food photographers, but then it moved into more product photography and, and fashion. So yes, I highly recommend surrounding yourself with like-minded people that is going to elevate you because you you take on traits and um, start thinking in different ways that's going to elevate your business because they're already, the conversations you're having with them are already up-leveling the way you're thinking about food photography. I too just love that concept. And like social media is really great for that for food bloggers because I think especially Instagram just kind of allows for us to connect in a really unique way. I've gotten to know so many people through Instagram, which is kind of weird, right? But Mm -hmm. Like Facebook didn't do that or email, like nothing else did that. But when Instagram came around, it was like this magical door opened up and I was like, oh, I can actually really get to know these people. So I think Instagram is a really good avenue. Um, You mentioned doing like retreats. How did you get into that and how do you find good photography retreats? Okay, so I, um, for people 
and experts that I follow, they like some of them host retreats. So I, like I, I get emails about them. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, like the people's work I love, you know, I sign up for their emails and then there's quite a few that that'll have retreats. Um, For me, I had been really timid to kind of open that door because they can be quite expensive. So, and that's an investment in time. And last year I did my first retreat and it was, this may surprise you, but it was actually, well, it was just in Wisconsin. So I only had to travel like a couple hours away, but this, okay, here's the cool part. It's at Camp Wed in Wisconsin and they have an, well, the retreat was called Camp Wed. And then there was a, there's like a beautiful tree house. Oh, it's called Camp Wandawega. Uh, definitely like go to that website and check it out. Like they have like an amazing tree house thing that you can stay in. Um, Jenna Kutcher, if you know her, like she spoke at Camp Wandawega a few years ago and also like has some pictures of Camp Wandawega in her, in, like if you scroll down really far, it's in your feed. But if you, um, I don't know if it's still on your website, it, it may still be, but um, but anyway, I was talking, so this was, this was me, you're starting to reach out on Instagram. Um, do you know Betty from Forks and Stems? I do not. Mm-mm. Okay, beautiful, 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 amazing, amazing photographer. She's like a like an artist. She, she used to be a wedding florist <laughs> and, oh, then, okay. uh, and then pivoted into mostly doing photos of cakes. But now, now she's like a full-time Instagrammer, maybe blogger, but I, I, okay. So anyway, stunning work. So I reached out to her. I, I just started a conversation. It was just like, I love your work. It's so amazing. You know, she said, thank you. And then I was like, where are you from? And then she's like Canada. And then she asked where I was from. And I said, Wisconsin. She's like, Oh, that's so weird. I'm going to be in Wisconsin in a couple months. Oh. I was like, For what? And then she's <laughs> like, I'm speaking at Camp Wed. And I'm like, well, I must go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it was so interesting, like how, like I heard of Camp Wed, but I also like didn't, it was a big investment. It was like over $2,000 to go. But I had that like amazing, like camping experience that like you don't have since childhood. And that was like such a pull for me because I was like, oh, I want to do that again. <laughs> so you get like that experience. Plus there were a lot of other speakers on like marketing and SEO and accounting and things to grow your business. Now this retreat is like geared towards wedding photographers. But I I went to also like network with the people that were there because I also knew that there was a wonderful videographer that that also ran this event and she also does commercial videography as well as wedding videography. So I like I really wanted to get to know her and I really wanted to get to know Betty. And everyone else I met was a complete bonus. Like I met a designer, a graphic designer that is the most talented graphic designer I've ever met. Saffron Avenue. If you haven't checked out her site, it's amazing. So like she was a speaker there. And I will say that that if you have that chance to do a retreat to do it, like it is an investment, but the networking alone will grow your business and the things that they talk about will grow your business. So right after that retreat, I hired a Pinterest (laughs) expert. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, details to Dama, check her out if you, if you're interested, she's amazing. And so, yeah, it's been awesome. There's so much magic, I think, in finding those people that you just like you connected with that one person. And you're like, OK, if you're going to be there, I'm going. Yeah. I was like, wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Like it, there are certain people in the food blogging space and not just food bloggers, but like that do other things that relate to food blogging that if I know they're going to be somewhere, I would pay 
money to go just spend time with them. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think, yes, you get value from those things, but I think the true value comes from the people that you are spending your time with. And you're going to make connections that are lifelong. You're going to make And like you found someone to do your Pinterest, you know, like you never know what you're going to find. I mean, that opens up doors for you because, I mean, that's time for you. It's so hard to hire out because you don't know. It is. It's so, it's so hard. So um, definitely getting that like word of mouth from someone else that like, she's been my best hire yet. (laughs) Like she's, Yeah. yeah. And that, and that all just came from like trusting the people you're, you're talking to. So, um, Yeah. And there's no better way to get a feel for someone than in person, even if it's like a phone call. I mean, there's nothing like in-person communication. So I feel like you can just get a really good idea about people. So, oh, that's such great stuff. I feel like, so I'm on their website, the Camp uh, Oh yeah, Camp Wanda Wega. Wanda Wega, and it's so beautiful. I want to go. Awesome. I know. <laughs> Seriously, it's so good. And like I had been wanting to go and it's really just like two hours away from me. So I there's no excuse not to accept for that it's expensive, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's so amazing because it's like they they pitch themselves as pretty much like a camp for ad- adults. <laughs> like there's yeah, there's no that's kids, great. right? Yeah, and I was like, awesome. There, yes, we all have those fond memories of camp as kids or camp as um, yeah, children. So it's like yeah, adult camp sounds amazing. So I guess the bottom line here is like as a food blogger or just a food photographer or both find that opportunity to go network with people even if it's just like nearby um somewhere close to you find that and go network because it truly is so so valuable that's great stuff jenna okay we talked a little bit about monetizing so restaurants kind of reaching out to studios do you have any other thoughts for food bloggers specifically to monetize their food photography yeah, I do. Like I've heard other. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you my mistakes. <laughs> yeah, let's so, do it. Yeah, so definitely when I started my blog, it was a way for me to have an ongoing online portfolio and for me to stay accountable for creating work. And doing that, like that, that's the part that succeeded. <laughs> that part was awesome. That that part was fun. It was fun to show people the blog and like, you know, it was awesome. That part was awesome. It did great. It like got me, um, me and a food stylist, a like book deal and it's got me clients. Like that part's great. What I did not do was think about the blog itself as a thing that could make money. So I was not interested in doing ads because I thought it just for lack of a better word, I guess I thought it like it looked messy and crowded. And like, I was all about the visuals. Like if I'm showing this to an art director, I don't want them to see a bunch of ads. So I didn't think of it as a way of monetizing in that way. And in that I had very low traffic. I also didn't really train myself on SEO. That stuff felt really boring to me. So I didn't <laughs> do it, <laughs> but it's very, very important. And if you don't want to do it, land a job so that you can pay someone else to do it. <laughs> like go out, like do things you want to do so you can pay for other people to do the things you don't want to do. Right. Like just this year, this is going to sound crazy. Like just this year alone, I finally hired Casey Markey from MediaWise. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And like that 
also is something I was like, oh my gosh, I can't afford that. Like, I'm not going to do it. I can't afford that. That's silly. And that bit me in the butt. Like, <laughs> no one came to my site. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's so important. So I highly just, if you're not going to learn it yourself, like, again, I tried kind of, but I dabbled and it sucked. So just don't do that. If you're not going to full on do it, like just hire someone else to do it because it's important. And then also page speed, you, another boring topic for me. So, uh, <laughs> so like I, you know, I hired that out to like NerdPress and then, um, gosh, what it, like the Pinterest stuff was taking a lot of time. Like I knew that was really important for traffic. Right. And so I, you know, hired that out, obviously I already told you that. So like find the things that make you happy and do more of what you love. And I know it's going to sound scary to hire all that out. And it is, it has been scary actually. It's because I, you know, you're, you're investing money in something that you're not seeing results for yet. But I'm telling you right now, if you don't do it yourself, you're not going to see traffic. Like no matter how good your food photography is, that's a big component. That's huge, but it's not everything. So don't rely just on your photography skills if you want to grow a business on a blog. Great advice. We all think that like, oh, my stuff is so awesome. People are just going to flock to me, right? I mean, I think we all go through that for a period and then we learn that that is not true. We need to actually put in some legwork. And if we don't do the legwork, then we can hire out. And there's, here's the great thing. Like there's specialists in every single aspect of food blogging that you can ever imagine. So find those people. There are great people who know about SEO. I do not. I am not an SEO expert. I am not interested in page speed at all either, Jenna. It like, makes me cringe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. So what's great about that too is like, I just like ask them any question and no matter how silly it is, they just like answer me and it's it's fine. <laughs> yeah. And they work with food bloggers enough. I'm sure they've heard so many silly questions that they're probably just like, immune to it like yeah okay. <laughs> yeah. here's a source <laughs> we silly creatives right mm -hmm. oh yeah. such great stuff I feel like we could probably go on and on but we've got to wrap up I just want to ask is there anything that you feel like really like needs to be heard by food bloggers that we haven't mentioned yet not that we haven't mentioned yet but I do want to reiterate creating the work that you love to create and that will give you the lifestyle that you want. I love that. That's great. Great way to end. Thank you. And Jenna, I know that you have this online summit coming up that sounds amazing that you're hosting, I think, did you say 28? Oh, yeah. There's 28 experts. Some are food photographers, some are food stylists. I have some marketing experts, some SEO expert, well, one SEO expert. And then my hire, my Pinterest expert, Dama, she's going to be out there. Yeah, she's going to, all oh, her, her interview was fabulous. Like you're, you're really going to want to see that, especially if you're trying to do food photography and a blog, she like talks about both ends, right? So yeah, so it's great. Check that out. Um, cool. Yeah. And how can people find that? We'll put everything in the show notes, but is there, do you have like an email list or how do yeah. they sign up for it? Okay. okay. So the sign up landing page is on Little Rusted Ladle dot com backslash summit. Okay. So if you also just go to littlesubladle.com, there's a tab that says free summit. So that will be in the menu bar. So just sign up there. And that starts on July 7th. Yeah. So um, registration though is open now. So if you hop in there now, you can, you know, save your seat and it's going to be amazing and it's free while it's live. So if you show up live, it's completely free. 
Oh my gosh, that's great. Yeah, that's it's going to be so much fun. And then there is like a chance to upgrade to the VIP pass where you're going to see you're going to be able to view all the interviews for a full year and also 11 of the experts and maybe 12 are delivering bonus offers in there. So it's incredible like everything from 30% off of their courses or a month free of courses like a like a that one's more of a membership course and then some other free trainings like I'm doing a training on drink photography for commercial clients. Oh. So great. Um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of fun stuff in there so I highly highly um would love it if you checked it out. I am going to go sign up right now. I am so intrigued. That is so fun. Ooh, inspired. Thank you so much, Jenna, for being here. I've really enjoyed our chat today. It's so fun to talk to you. So thanks for taking your time out of your morning. And I am just over the border from you in Minneapolis. So we are. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. So, Jenna, like we mentioned, I will put together a show notes page for you. And we'll add a link to your summit and then just everything we've talked about today. I think there are some things we mentioned that we'll probably add links to. So if anyone's interested in seeing those, you can go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash little rusted ladle. So obviously we know where to find you, but why don't you reiterate where people can find you online and on Instagram and everywhere else? Yeah, so I'm uh, little rusted ladle at, well, every area. So like Instagram, it's at Little Rusted Ladle. Facebook, it's at Little Rusted Ladle. Twitter, I'm not really on, but that's actually just Rusted Ladle because they won't let me do the full name. And that might be it. But also my website. So actually, I have two websites. So if you want to see my commercial website, it's jennacarlin.com. For my blog, it's littlerustedladle.com. Great. Well, thank you again so much for being here, Jenna. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.